Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast from Taylor's Media. I'm Andy Davis. Here's episode seven, and it's the first of a brand new week. We're looking at how the KBB industry is coping with the coronavirus crisis. Here in my loft, or as I like to call it, the KBB Eagle's Nest, it's grey and cold today, and I've got so many layers on I can barely move. But I've got another great couple of guests. First up, we're talking to Andy Gilmore from Fine Line Interiors in the Northwest. He's got a very positive perspective on this whole thing, and in particular, how being a very established, long-running family business will see them through the current situation. So that would be mirrored by a lot of other KBB retailers, I think. And we're going to talk technology in particular, how what's happening is making many retailers see the potential in using technology for communicating with their clients remotely. We've got Nathan McLean from Virtual Worlds on to give us his view on all that. And as always, I want to know what you're up to. I'd love to know how you're getting to grips with new technology and how you and your clients are finding remote meetings. There's always that weird pause, isn't there? Find me on LinkedIn as Andrew Davis at Taylor's Media or email me andrewdavis at taylorsmedia.com and I'll put that email address in the episode description. And here it is, your first shameless plug of the week for my company, Taylor's Media. We're the home of KBB Review, kitchens, bedrooms and bathrooms and studio magazines and we are open for business. And technology actually is allowing us to do everything as normal from home. Today I'd like to point you towards kbbreview.com, which should be your daily visit to find out the latest on the industry's response to coronavirus. Equally, if you haven't subscribed to our newsletters, you can do that there too to make sure the news is delivered straight to your email inbox. Okay, let's get another view from the retail front line here. This time we've got Andy Gilmore, the sales and marketing manager of Fine Line Interiors up in the Great Northwest. Andy, hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm okay. I'm up here in the loft. The sun is streaming through my one window, and I'm looking at a load of unused tools. So that's that sounds disgusting. Tell us a little bit about Fine Line Interiors, because you've got a couple of showrooms up in the northwest, haven't you? We do. We've got a showroom in Warrington that's been open for two and a half years now, um, and we've got the Fish showroom and factory, which is based in Oldham. So we've been trading since 1986, and um, we've got seven showroom staff, um, a couple of installation managers slash surveyors, a couple of lads in the factory, and yeah, we've got five or six installation teams, so um, doing pretty well so far this year. Yes, that's a big old team of people. Tell me a little bit about the factory. Yeah, so the factory, we, we put everything together, everything comes fully built, probably as, as per a lot of independence, bedrooms we make ourselves, kitchens we put together ourselves, all delivered by our own guys in the factory. It's been run as a family-run business since '86. We take control of that whole process, which, you know, again, as a lot of other independents, means that we can really control the quality. We can make bespoke units. You know, if we've got a, a query from a customer that's something maybe a little bit out of the ordinary, we can just run into the factory, speak to the guys, and, and if it's if it's possible, they can make it. Yes, that's classic independent retail stuff there. That's fantastic. Give us an idea of kind of the volumes that you do. How many kitchens, say, do you do a week? Kitchens a week across the two showrooms, probably four or five a week. Bedrooms, probably similar, and maybe a little bit more on the bedroom front. It's an interesting split, actually. Probably bedrooms are more popular in Oldham, I think, because we're a bit more established there, whereas we're a bit heavier on the kitchen front in Warrington than we are in Oldham. Um, and Warrington still sort of up and coming, so we're still trying to sort of establish that business. Whereas Oldham's obviously got decades of, of figures behind it. Okay, now I'm guessing both those showrooms are currently closed, but give us an idea of, of what your current status is. 
we're closed as per the advice from, from the Prime Minister on Monday night. We were already having discussions towards the back end of the week before that if, if that wasn't going to be enforced, it was likely that we would take that decision anyway. I know a couple of the other guys have said that they took that decision before the announcement. We were looking to try and stay uh, operational and functional and have a presence for as long as, as it was safe to do so and until we were told otherwise, really. We've still got insulation carrying on this week, obviously, where we've already been on site or we've already prepped a room um, and ripped the kitchen out. So we, we can't leave those customers in the lurch. They need they need that um, that kitchen or bedroom finishing. Um, naturally, we've had a couple of cancellations. So there's there's been a customer put, put a bit on hold. Um, I think more just because of uncertainty than anything else. Um, they made that call last Thursday for a fit this week. Equally, there, there are customers ringing us to say, listen, are we still going ahead? We, we still want you to come. We're going to isolate ourselves from you guys, and then we're going to deep clean the room afterwards. So, you know, it's kind of going based on what the customers want to do. We've got a fit for a, uh, a customer next week that's going ahead, again, because the room is completely ripped out. We can't in good conscience leave that customer with no no operational kitchen. But, yeah, we're, we're still functioning in terms of a couple of fits. And we're still fielding some some calls and some inquiries from customers, um, and and just generally making sure everything's in good order. That is quite positive, actually, because quite a few people have said that look, they're not getting any inquiries about anything. Um, but I think you're obviously still getting some bits and bobs coming through. Do you, how much do you think that is based on on the longevity that that business has been there? You know that people do think that this is a temporary measure. You'll be around when it's all over. There's a, there's a kind of relationship you have with the local community there that's really pushing you through. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot about 2008 has been mentioned and we came through that. There will have been, during those last 34 years, there will have been plenty of, of times that business has been tough and, and things have been going on. And, okay, maybe not to this extent. Well, definitely not to this extent. This will definitely be the hardest time the industry and the businesses have ever, ever had to come through. But we're, we're a financially stable business. When you've been in business for as long as we have, again, a lot of the independents have, I think the community know that we're solid. You know, you don't stay in business for this length of time without having contingency plans for these sorts of things um, and without running the business in such a way that you have the cash flow within the business to survive these things because you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, there is, there's, there's a real debate at the moment, isn't there, about what to do with outstanding jobs, whether you, okay, there's finishing them to get essential services in, but also, you know, you need to have cash coming in, you need to try and keep people busy, you've got a team of people there. You know, is there a balance to strike, do you think, I mean, I'm guessing you're having these discussions every single day about whether you start jobs or whether you don't? We've got to be very careful about, we've got to make sure we're doing the right thing, so we can't ignore advice that we're being given an instruction that we're getting from the government and i think to be honest with you andy a lot of it's got to go come from the customer if the customer is happy to take precautionary measures they're happy with precautionary measures that we're going to enforce and the fitters to take then we, we kind of carry on if if they want us to with the inflation side now obviously there becomes an issue that we don't have stock or we can't get a stock so deliveries have already um, been cancelled, etc. So some of that will be limited by what suppliers decide to do. Um, but yeah, those couple of jobs, I mean, I don't think we'll be doing anything past those couple of jobs. And fingers crossed that kind of means that um, installations don't really completely grind to a halt. If this window of three weeks is three weeks, I think we can all get a little bit into 
the negatives of the impact it's going to have. But ultimately, it's hopefully only going to be three weeks until we can reopen showrooms. Yes, I know that the you know people aren't just going to come back out into the marketplace immediately. But certainly, we've got three customers lined up for as soon as we open the doors again, and we're allowed to do that. We've got three customers there sat ready to order their kitchens with us. Yeah, we took a deposit last Tuesday. Customer knew we were closed. We had a conversation with them about the fact that their, their deposit was safe with us. We're financially stable, and we're going to be here for a long, long time after this this whole coronavirus issue has disappeared. And really, if they're looking to, to get this thing done as soon as physically possible, then there's no reason for them to just proceed as normal. And they did that. And that is fantastically positive. And I don't, I don't think you'll be the only person having those kind of conversations with people. I think this is, this is the area, and I think this is a really important message to keep putting out. We are not like a FMCG store. We are not like a clothing or fashion outlet. You have relationships with people. You can carry on those conversations. You can pause people's projects for a few months, and they still want to do it with you, and they still want it to happen. So we are the kitchen bathroom market, kitchen bathroom retailers are in a better position. Not amazing, but it's a better position than many other retail sectors. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I made a lot of those phone calls on on Tuesday myself to customers, not not only obviously to explain that we were closed and that if they need an anything to, to contact us by email or, or mobile rather than on the showroom, but also just to reassure them that these this thing is going to go away. It's not going to be here forever. You know, we can be doom and gloom about it. There's probably a time for that. Not ideal. We, we've had a fantastic start to the year. We were only just shy of hitting our target for March. <laughs> right. Which, given the fact that we've been in a really weird situation for, you know, not just since Monday night, but for, for a couple of weeks leading up to, certainly it was beginning to, to tail off and then sort of dropped off the face of a cliff. The week before, we were, you know, told to close. Uh, this this thing's going to go away. It, it's not going to be here forever. So you know the only thing that we can we can influence is our attitude towards it. We pick that. I said that to the sales guys when it was starting to go quiet. Listen, there's, there's no reason that we can't still get some business from the people that we're currently dealing with. If you have the right conversations and you're open and honest about it, and um, these customers will trust you, and they've, they've got every reason to. So make sure you choose the right attitude hat and and ultimately we can come out of this you know and hopefully look at it at the end of the year and and think well that was a three-week blip and that was all it was well even if that three weeks becomes six weeks or whatever you 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 are very clearly making plans which i think we're getting towards that stage now we're getting towards the the end of the of a week where it's just all been a bit weird and everyone's just kind of of set themselves up and have the conversations that need to need to happen but what kind of plans can you make in terms of marketing in terms of uh, finding new customers or getting your your messages out there that you are open for business what kind of plans can you are you starting to put in place well we're starting to look at marketing stuff so obviously we're still marketing um i think the the knee-jerk reaction for a lot of people will have been right let's turn the marketing off or let's let's dial it down a little bit we haven't done that We've maybe tailored it slightly so that we're delivering a message that there are conversations that we can still have. And, and like you've mentioned in previous episodes, Andy, this is not just a walk-in, walk-out process. To design a kitchen, bedroom or bathroom is potentially weeks. There's no reason we can't still start that process. There's no commitment from a customer at this point. But we want to speak to people that are thinking about whether it's three months down the line, six months down the line. Naturally, they're not going to want to commit right now. 
we get that, but we can still put the initial design work in um, and we have the facility to be able to do that. So why would we not? So I think the marketing just needs to be slightly adjusted. The sun is shining. Maybe people are more out in their gardens this week than sat in the house looking at their dilapidated kitchens um, or bedrooms or, or bathrooms. But, you know, again, like the coronavirus, the sun in this country never lasts long, does it? So, again, people will be more indoors next week. Again, like other people have said, we still need to be in front of these customers. They're going to be doing a lot more, spend a lot more time online because it's being enforced um, with people being at home. We, we want to be the, the company that's that's in front of them. And, and if anything, you know, I think there is going to be a swing towards the independent market. These big retailers will survive come what may because of the volume of footfall that they get. I think some people will, will now look at, well, do you know what? Let's have a look at a more local company, a more family-run company. Let's invest our money with a company like that that have sort of survived all this. Well, it's a community spirit aspect that's coming through this whole this whole crisis, isn't it? Which is which is the best thing that's that's, that's happening. What's interesting, I think, is is how much this is very quickly becoming the phrase I keep using: the new normal. The acceleration of of the change we've all had to live. It hasn't. It doesn't feel to me like it's been that much of a hardship in the sense of technology allows us to kind of up our sticks over there and kind of re-establish ourselves over here. The speed that customers will adapt to how they have to communicate with retailers, it doesn't seem to be that difficult. No, I think a lot of people, Andy, that we get that come through web inquiries anyway are not, not actually web inquiries. They're customers that have potentially been into the showroom before and they're not, they're not sure how to initiate that contact again. Um, and their default the default method for initiating that contact is online. The reason that I think that everybody's sort of coming together with all this is we're all against one common enemy. So no longer are we competing with each other, whether it be, you know, another kitchen showroom down the road or across town. We're not against each other now. We're we're against a common enemy. Um, And that's, I think, what's pulling people together. And I think that's what's going to make customers come out into the marketplace after all this has gone. And I think the government have done a fantastic job um, of supporting everybody through this. So, do you know what? There's, there's not really any reason that anybody should come out of this period significantly worse off financially because of the help that the government have put in place. Well, look, that's a brilliantly positive message. Thank you very much, Andy. We like that, as you know. But you know the question that's coming now, don't you? I've, I've been fearing this question. The most important question of all, Andy, what is your deserted kitchen island discs? The most, the most positive feel-good song you can put on? Well, in this in this sort of weather, with the uh, not that we can go out in the car at the moment, but when we can again, it's windows down, sunglasses on, and it'd have to be "Don't Stop Me Now" by Queen. Oh, good choice, good choice, good choice. Another wedding reception classic. <laughs> it is this whole is. this whole playlist that I will put together for this could actually make a fantastic wedding reception. I think we should I think we should all look into that at some point or a Christmas party. An opportunity. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a big. KBB Industry Christmas Party and we'll play all these songs. Sounds great. Well, look, thanks for your time, Andy. That's absolutely brilliant. Perfect. Thanks, Andy. Stay safe. Thanks, mate. You too. Cheers. Okay, one of the things I think a lot of retailers are getting to grips a little bit more with is the technology of how they can uh, design at home, keep in touch with clients from home, that kind of thing. So uh, down the line now, we've got Nathan McLean from Virtual World. Hello, Nathan. Hi, Andy. How are you? I'm, I'm all right, sir. I'm up in my loft and everything is okay. Excellent. Right, now you're obviously a technology company. You obviously deal a lot with uh, various bits of technology that lots of retailers are using. But if people aren't familiar with you, give us the 30-second rundown on Virtual Worlds. 
Okay, well, Virtual Worlds, we're absolutely focused on success of KBB showrooms. Uh, we offer a design, quotation, and ordering system, both in 3D interactive, virtual reality, immersive VR, which we call 4D, and augmented reality as well. So it's the whole sales solution, and we've got the most persuasive selling tool in the market today. Okay, good pitch. I like that. Well done. <laughs> now, give us a bit of an, an idea of where you, the status of you, your team, your company is right now. We're absolutely run off our, our feet just now. So I've got 64 people all working from home. Our modeling team are very busy um, creating the catalogs. Our support team, they're busy supporting our client base on working from home. So we're actually providing a free IT service there helping people set up their systems. And our sales team are not selling. They're, they're giving help to our customer base. It, it, it's a crazy time, but we're absolutely clear. You know, our whole mission at Virtual is creating success. So it's in a time of crisis that a company is going to really, you know, pin our colors to the mast and show what we stand for. And that is really positive that you're giving that help in hand to people. Give us an idea of just how many retailers you have on your books. I won't give you the exact number, but we've got over um, 2,000 right. on, on there. So you've, um, got, you've got direct contact then with, with, with huge amounts of, of retailers. Now, give us your impression then of, of what, what they're currently trying to set themselves up to do. Well, obviously, the challenge that they've got is, is continuing uh, the business uh, whilst they can't have face-to-face contact with their customers. So we've got a mixture of things that are happening with some showrooms that have just decided to close the doors and not continue business for the meantime. That's what we hope to sit it out. And others, they're looking at every way to continue the sales process, you know, and that's happening at a very degree. And our job is to make sure, or to communicate to all our users that you really want to continue with your business. You know, use the technology that's available and do remote presentations um, whether it's a collaborative design where you're creating the design with the customer engaged in the process or presenting completed designs as if the customer's coming into your showroom and uh, you're, you're presenting the finished design. And the fantastic thing is we need to communicate, and we are doing so now, for all our retailers. We've got over 400 4D systems out there. They can be doing the presentations using the VR headsets. So this is something we're going to create some video showing people how to do that. And it's, you know, sharing, sharing, screen sharing. But um, we've, we've tested this and it works remarkably well where, for example, if you've got a 4D theater, you'll be presenting to your customer. They'll be seeing you as the person inside the room, using your hands, pointing at the different things, opening up cupboards, changing the options with the hand menu. And they'll be seeing that first person on the screen as you're talking to them. Yeah, talking through the design process. So they'll be able, uh, so to, they'll is, be able to see what you are seeing. Yeah, it's right, okay. It's really, really good. Very mm. good. I mean, a lot of retailers are very tech savvy. A lot again, a lot of those four D theaters that you've got in, they're very used to this kind of thing. But a lot, a lot of retailers, a lot of this is coming as quite new to them. The idea of remote working, doing remote presentations to clients, is quite new. So, what you said, you were literally being like a helpline almost to get people set up. Yeah, absolutely. So our support. Um, department, they will talk and, and actually jump onto the client's computer and set them up with remote presentations. There's quite a few initiatives that we've put in place. Um, a lot of people know that we've offered Design Cloud, 
So that's our remote design presentation app. That's free of charge. So we're extended that to everyone free of charge. And with Design Cloud, you create your design on the virtual world and then you publish it. The, your customer will get an email with a link where they can download the free app or on their um, web browser, they can navigate it there as well to have that PC. And they can fly through the room themselves and open and, open and close doors and get a full um, appreciation of what the design concept entails. Every time that design is viewed, the retailer gets an email notification so they can make a timely call um, to, just to touch base with the customer see how they're getting on. To protect that design as well, when you publish a design on Design Cloud, you set the duration that the design's available for. And that's really important for protecting the designer's IP. The current situation will have focused an awful lot of retailers' minds on how technology can work for them. And I don't mean, because I know you're doing everything you can to support retailers, but this is kind of stuff yeah. that you've been talking about for years, isn't it? It's about, look, look how much this stuff can benefit you uh, and can make your lives easier. Sometimes it's in a time of crises when people can hold it together, think clearly, look for help, and then they start to learn. Where It means even more, you know, when, when you have a problem and then there's a solution, the solution may have always been there, but it's in time of crisis that you actually see the importance of it and understand the value of that solution. Yeah, you're a very forward-thinking guy anyway, and you you do deal in very sort of high-concept things, which I always think is fantastic to hear what your thoughts on things Thank are. You. Where do you see this going? Um, what's your view on, on what how the market might change because of this? Well, I think everything's changed, really. You know, ourselves as a business, I don't think anything's going to go back to how it was before in that we've tried new things and we've seen how it's in our, actually into our own advantage as well. And we'll keep some of the new ideas that we've put into play um, active when things return as well. So a lot more remote presentations and that kind of thing ourselves. But for the retailers, the same sort of thing, that they'll be using um, remote presentation technology more to maybe qualify customers, um, getting feedback, on the type of presentation that's being done. I mean, we've always promoted design cloud. Um, there's a lot of designers wouldn't want to put their designs out to a customer without them coming into the showroom. But, you know, there's lots of ways of looking at the benefit of the technology and different ways of applying uh, the technology to your business. So with design cloud, at a time when people would come into a showroom, it's always good to do a skeleton, like a teaser, skeleton design the space planning to show this is where the design is just now and we look forward to showing you the complete uh, design proposal when you come in next Thursday. That, that's fantastic for making sure that there's not going to be any getches at the presentation time like for example but I said we didn't want the bath. <laughs> no but if that bit of communication was missed out it, it's terrible when you do a presentation and there's something that was just a major showstopper so avoid that sort of situation. I think what's interesting here as well is the, the actual customer, the client, will be getting more and more used to doing video meetings because they are stuck at home as well. You know, this will become a sort yeah. of shorthand thing for them too, uh, you know, a, a sort of acceleration of how discussions can take place as well. Yeah, so people you know, who are normally uncomfortable exploring technology in this way, they've been forced into it. Now they've become a bit more familiar because of this crisis on the other side of things, they'll actually go, actually, that was really quite good. And, you know, there's, there's benefits there. I'm saving me time away from work. And, you know, they come in for the, the essential 
face-to-face contact with the showroom. Now, I'm going to ask you the most important question of all now, which is, what is your deserted Kitchen Island disc? Your most positive, feel-good song? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I did it my way. My way. The Frank Sinatra version. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? That is very appropriate for you. <laughs> Well, look, Nathan, thanks so much for your time today. This is brilliant stuff, and we will come back and revisit this again because I think it'll be interesting to see how far along people are in a couple of weeks from from having to do this. Um, I think they're just on the on the starting grid now, and we'll see how, how quickly they can accelerate in, in, in a couple of weeks. I think a really important thing is that everyone in the industry know that we support each other throughout because um, you know, we don't want any knee-jerk reactions. We want people with calm, sensible minds helping um, each other. Um, that's how we're going to get through this. Um, and Virtual Worlds is absolutely committed to supporting our customer base in any way that we can. Well, that's a brilliant message, sir. So thank you very much, and we'll speak again soon. Lovely. Thanks very much, Andy. Cheers, Nathan. Speak soon. Bye. Bye. A really big thank you to Andy Gilmore and Nathan McLean. I'll be back tomorrow with even more, so don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And please rate and review us as it helps others find us as well. I'll see you tomorrow.